Good afternoon, Lake Norman, and welcome to Town Talk. We're coming to you live from WSIC, the Real Talk Studio, nestled on the banks of beautiful Lake Norman, streaming worldwide from Barcelona, Spain, to Kershaw, South Carolina. I'm your host, Bill Russell, president of Lake Norman Chamber of Commerce, the largest chamber of commerce in the Charlotte region. We're actually taping the show today because right now, as you are listening to this show, I'm in Navarra Beach, Florida, resting, on vacation, having a good time. Today, we're going to be talking to Goodwill Training School. We're going to be talking to the Seasons of Giving and Lake Norman, a nonprofit organization that provides care and comfort and companionship to seniors and also America's favorite local guide. My guests today are Casey Walker. She's the trade school coordinator. Chris Sullivan, he's the trade school manager. And Amelia Harnessy. Harnessy? Harsony. 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 She is support staff for Goodwill Industries of the Southern Piedmont. But first, a big shout out to Representative John Bradford, District Number 98. Uh, John has been uh, named, he's, he's going to be running for state treasurer. He's been named his company, Pet Screen, selected by the North Carolina Tech Association as the 2023 Software Solution Company of the Year. So, again, congratulations to Pet Screening and John Bradford on that acknowledgement. And it's a perfect segue to my first two guests, our three guests, actually, uh, from Goodwill. You know, when you think about Goodwill, at least when I think about Goodwill, I think about a place that I take my, my donations, clothes that I'm, I might have, like, grown out of a little bit. You know, when you put your clothes sometimes in the closet, Chris, they shrink. They, do, you, do you have that problem? Every morning. <laughs> so, uh, you know, where you might take your clothes or your goods, and then also where you may do your shopping. Uh, there, you can always pick up a great deal at Goodwill. But we're not talking about that. We're talking about the training school, and I'm assuming the proceeds that come from my shopping and from buying those goods is actually help funding the training school. So, uh, Chris, can you talk a little bit about what is the training school and what you guys do? Absolutely. But you hit you hit the nail on the ahead that we have over 30 retail stores that will take gently used clothing and furniture and resold and the proceeds fund the trade school and the trade school has six programs all completely free construction basics carpentry electrical hvac blueprint reading and estimating and the icing on the cake is the drone program that everybody wants to take. Oh, wow. Drone program. Yes. Talk about that. So the drone program, <clears throat> it's eight weeks long. At the end of it, you have your FAA Part 107, which is a pilot license. So you can safely, legally fly a drone. But you're also a meteorologist. You know weather patterns. You know um, flight decks. We're right next. We're located right next to the airport. Mm-hmm. So that's a no-fly zone, and all of our students know how to get clearance from the airport. Um, so this class takes a person in the industry and allows them to have another skill set that an employer can utilize, because as we know, drones are a new emerging technology. So the jobs and the opportunities for that market are endless right now. You know, I, I can't help but notice you, you. I know you went to Ohio State, and you're wearing your Ohio State Buckeye shirt. I uh, got a big game now. As the, since this is being taped, everybody knows what's already happened. But, right. but are, are, you got to be excited about that lineup of Michigan Ohio State coming. Up. Oh, the huge win! Absolutely. <laughs> 
<laughs> now you're well on your way to playing for the national championship, right? Yes, they've already voted, and, and the, 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 the ballots have been cast. <laughs> now, are you from Ohio? No, I'm from uh, Flyover Country, which Illinois, so okay. we're right next door. Okay. Um, so I'm Big Ten Country, um, but Ohio State um, is actually going to be my... I'm a modder, um, get my graduate degree from there. Oh, good. Good deal. Yeah. And, and Casey, you're from Pennsylvania. Yes. I'm what, from the Pittsburgh area. What brought you down here? I originally came down and um, ended up in South Carolina at Clemson University for my uh, uh, graduate degree. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm, a, I'm a Gamecock. Yes. So as we're I listening, know. I saw as your we're, tie. As we're listening, <laughs> I'm celebrating that surprise win you know, that we got over the weekend. That's what I'm doing. Or maybe. <laughs> uh, we don't have have a whole lot of luck with Clemson. We haven't since Spurrier left, but we did win last year, so that was pretty good. <laughs> Amelia, where are you from? I'm from North Carolina. I okay. grew up in Pinehurst, but I went to UNC Charlotte. Okay, okay. Mm-hmm. Well, it's good to have y'all again today. Uh, talk about uh, which industries your your training program covers. You talked about some of them just now. So we can we're, we're in the construction industry, so we're trying to close the skills gap. As anybody knows, in Charlotte and the surrounding areas, it's one of the hottest zip co- zip codes in in the nation, um, not only for residential, but commercial um, construction. I know in uh, South End of Charlotte, this year, there was let alone just two billion in new construction. And that's just a little piece of Charlotte. So we're trying to fill that skills gap, um, training individuals free in construction, carpentry, electrical, HVAC, um, just hitting those, um, just those normal sections in the industry. Casey, what is the trade school coordinator? What is your role? So I I wear many different hats, but um, mainly I'm there to help Chris coordinate the classes, make sure our instructors are there. I do a lot of communication with the students, letting them know schedules. Um, I develop the curriculum and support the curriculum side, and then I also kind of run the data. And Amelia, you support staff. What what do you specifically do with with Goodwill? Just like it sounds, I um, support our team in whatever we need. I do a lot of our building operations and working with our vendors to make sure that we have all the material and supplies to keep the program running and make sure that the students have access to anything and everything that they would need to be able to effectively get trained in the different areas. Now, Casey, these these programs are free? They are free. They are free to the participants. Okay. Obviously, it does take a lot of money oh, to, somebody's to, run, paying for yeah, this. Yeah. to run the trade school. Yeah. So that's why the Goodwill donations are so important. Um, as we mentioned earlier, those proceeds do go to help funding us. And then also, you know, um, we have strong partnerships that also allow us to do that. But they are completely free to the participants. How does these free training programs benefit individuals wanting to start their career? So these trainings, if um, an individual wanted to go through that on their own, could be very lengthy and very expensive to go through and get the accreditations um, and certificates that we are awarding participants. So by removing that barrier, it does make it a lot more accessible to our participants. And one of the things with our trade school, we're not only giving them a hard school, hard skill and a certification that's next nationally recognized, we're holistic. So we have a whole wraparound support system. So individuals, if they have any barriers, 
um, transportation, food insecurity, just um, interviewing skills, soft skills, essential skills. So we're doing a holistic approach to make sure the, the student is successful because if, if they can communicate properly, we can get them to job, but now we want them to get to their 90 day, their six month, their year, their promotion. How did you uh, find, how long have you been at Goodwill? Uh, maybe six years. Six years. And, and how did you get into this particular career with Goodwill? So it's one of those things like everything. Um, Bill, how, how'd you end up on a podcast? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> That's a really good... I'm still trying to figure that out. Right. right. Well, one day um, I found out about Goodwill and the mission side. And I've always been in workforce services, so it just it just made sense. And then when I came to the trade school, it was a no-brainer. Um, no, nowhere have I seen workforce services where you can help people in the community and make such a huge impact so quickly and change people's lives. Well, when we get back, uh, Casey and Chris, I want to talk about some of the success stories that you guys have had at the training program because I know there, there are a, a number of them you can talk about. So stay with us on WSIC Town Talk. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Town Talk. I'm your host, Bill Russell. I'm here with Chris Sullivan. He is the trade school manager of Goodwill. Casey Walker, who is the trade school coordinator. And Amelia Harson, Har, Harsony. <laughs> got it that right. Harsony. <laughs> and she supports staff for Goodwill of the Southern Piedmont. And and by the way, explain some of the district because there's various Goodwills. You're the Southern District. Right. In North Carolina, there are three. Northwest Goodwill, Central Goodwill, Southern Piedmont, and I just found a fourth. <laughs> the four just now? <laughs> just now. <laughs> just now in my head. There's one in Winston-Salem. I, I forget what they go by, but there's four of them in North Carolina. Like all North, like all nonprofits, you have to have a board and you have a right. region. So I, I, I try to um, relate it to McDonald's. It's right. a franchise. Yeah. Um, so... You can you have the Goodwill Industries International, and under that umbrella, you have different Goodwills around the nation. You know, before we went to break, we were talking about some of the success stories, and I know there are going to be dozens. But uh, in your six years with Goodwill, can you just share some of the success stories that your training program has had on their careers? Absolutely. And I think Amelia, so Amelia works at the front and she interacts with the participants as they are coming, leaving and everything in between. So I think she's probably got a couple success stories that she can uh, talk Amelia? about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like Chris said, we're always interacting with our participants. And because I'm at the front, I'm the one that they stop at the desk and have a chat with or whatnot. Um, recently, we had two ladies in our carpentry class. And something that's really cool about our program is we have over 50% of our carpentry classes female for this current year. Really? Uh-huh. And so those females, they bond with Casey and I because they see us as role models and they're seeing us every day. And throughout the program, they they struggled. Like, it's not easy. These are nationally ranked certifications that they are trying to work towards. And so they have to take tests. They got to study. And uh, one night we had one of those ladies come out and she just, she looked defeated. She was like, I did not pass that test. And I was like, okay, like, 
let's go talk about it. Let's go talk about the plan of action that we're going to set up so that you can be successful and pass. And those last few nights when they had passed all their tests, they were finishing up their project. They built dog houses from scratch mm-hmm. individually by themselves. Um, just like the smiles on their faces and the jokes that they were running by all of us, but me, especially of the connection that they had felt, they really showed that the community that the trade school has developed, the environment, is to, to support, to be there as a, a, a guide, a, a resource yeah. for these participants. That's, so. that's wonderful. That's mm-hmm. wonderful. Do you have any others that you have, Chris? Absolutely. Um, the one that stands out is we have a young lady... 20 years old, she came to our program last spring to be a carpenter. In our basic class, she excelled, and then we got her, helped her get an internship over the summer with um, Behringer, a project management construction company. And over the internship over the summer, she realized while working on Fat Burrito in Loso (laughs) that she liked electrical. Right. So she came back after the internship, going into our electrical class. Um, she said, this is it. This is electrical. And we talked. And she went back to the employers that she was, she were, she was working with at Fat Burrito. They hired her as a electrician helper. So now she is in an apprenticeship. She had an internship. She has her electrical level one um, certification, and we brought her back as a teaching assistant. Oh, that's right. <laughs> so this is all within six months. So th- she's going to be a superintendent or a, a leader of some sort. She's already a leader, um, but she has a long runway of opportunity ahead of her. Casey, what differentiates your training program from other training programs out there? So I think uh, Amelia had touched upon it. It's this um, this holistic approach we take to the students, and we really do build like a, a community. So the students feel very at home at the trade school. They not only have the trade school staff that's here today, but then also with our program, the participants have access to career navigators that help with their employability, essential skills. And then we also have our employing employer engagement team, which helps connect the participants to jobs out there. So like we said, they're not only just getting the training that they need, but they're getting also the essential skills that they need, and they're making those networking connections to help them land those positions. Chris, how can somebody apply to one of these free training programs? Absolutely. They can go to Goodwill Industries of the Southern Piedmont's website, which will have the construction program. Or you can walk into our corporate headquarters, 5301 Wilkinson Drive in Charlotte. (laughs) And you can just sign up for our construction program. They will enroll you. And then the trade school will put you in an info session. And we will go over everything about the program. And then we'll start the process of getting you into the program. Again, that, that website is? Goodwill Industries of the Southern Piedmont. Dot org. Goodwill mm-hmm. Industries of the Southern Piedmont. Um, are there specific enrollment times or are there are there deadlines that somebody has to meet? The only deadline is get enrolled <laughs> and the rest will take will take control of it. We will put you in the info session. We have an info session every month so that every month somebody can enroll. We'll have an info session. Then we'll have assessments. So there is no open enrollment. The open enrollment is the whole year. 
Are there age requirements? 18 and up. 18 and up. Okay, good, good. Um, what kind of certifications or credentials do they receive, the participants receive after they've completed their training? So they're going to collect an assortment of credentials throughout the program. Before they can even get into it, we're going to put them in an OSHA 10 safety training. So they're going to have their OSHA 10 training. Then they're going to go into our core construction basics. They're going to get another safety certificate, um, NCCR level one core certification. Then depending on which class they go to, if they go to electrical, obviously it's electrical, HVAC, then they can test for the EPA, universal. Um, if they go to the drones, they're going to test for an FAA part 107. If they go to the blueprint class, they will come away with their pro core credentialing. So there are many avenues and many different nationally recognized certifications within our program. You talked about uh, the support you got from other corporations, the collaborations you do, but certainly the support of the stores themselves generates revenue for this program. So it's very, very important. We have, I know we have a location of Goodwill here in Cornelius. We have one in Huntersville. I think those are the two. Uh, do we have one in Mooresville? I'm going to say yes. <laughs> You're going to say yes? He's going to say yes. <laughs> There's a Goodwill everywhere. Yeah. So hey, we know about Statesville. Uh, I, I should know this, but I don't. Um, I believe so. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So uh, just look up a Goodwill and, and see where mm-hmm. the location is. This. Yes. So I, I, Goodwill Industries of the Southern Piedmont.org, and there will be a tab for training. You go to construction. <clears throat> You hit enroll, and it will give you two options. You can do it virtually, or you can walk into 5301 Wilkinson, and I advise walking in because that will shorten the wait time. Mm-hmm. How accessible and inclusive are your training programs? I think they're extremely accessible. One of the things that um, our program is, we do evening training because we're, we're focusing on an adult population that have families, they have jobs and responsibilities. So this, the program schedule allows them to come after that. And so it, that in itself relieves a barrier. We're also very centrally located in uh, Charlotte where, you know, if if transportation's an issue, we're on a bus line right there. So I would say it's really for anybody that is interested in making a career in the construction industry. And like I said, we have a whole team that is just dedicated to removing barriers that, you know, other organizations or other places that offer this training just might not be able to do. And our demographic is very diverse and only growing, mm-hmm. which makes it very, um, and the question was how it equitable, what was accessible. accessible, accessible, and inclusive. Yes. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's inclusive and accessible because when, when people come in, it's the culture. Everybody feels like this is where they should be. Chris, can you just talk about any upcoming developments you have or expansions of this training program in, in our area? So absolutely. We are continuously growing. Um, We are looking to expand into the territories. So in the territories are all the surrounding counties, which this would encompass. Um, And we are looking to grow all of our construction programs um, so that we can have a far reach and meet the students where they're at. And we also we also, we also use um, technology for individuals that might not be able to reach us. We have a collection of construction training videos by experts with simulations and certifications. 
Um, we're coming up in the season of giving, Casey. Why should people uh, donate to Goodwill during the season of giving? I think I've only said it um, when she was talking. We we or maybe Chris did, we truly change lives. To see somebody um, come in maybe in the start of the year at January, not knowing their pathway, but then they get to leave um, and have a career that it allows for a lot of upward mobility. And so that in itself, I said, sometimes you make donations and you don't really know where they're going and what the impact is. And here we we get to witness it every single day when we go into work and we see somebody changing their lives right. and having, you know, a whole future ahead of themselves. Chris, we got about 45 seconds. Are there opportunities for hand-on experience and apprenticeships as, as well as the training programs? Absolutely. So part of our program, we also like to make an impact, not only in the participant, the community and our program. So we have um, incorporated hands-on projects throughout the program to where we built a shed, donated it to Charlotte Foster Village. We helped build a deck with our students to time out youth. Um, we also pair partner up with uh, Rebuild Charlotte, a nonprofit, right. and we like to go out into the community and do hands-on. Well, Chris, we certainly appreciate you here, and congratulations on your big win this past <laughs> weekend against Michigan. It Casey. was close. <laughs> <laughs> Casey, Amelia, thank you very much, and come back uh, to the listeners on Town Talk. Thank you. Well, welcome back to Town Talk. I'm Bill Russell, your host today. I have Jamie Lane. She is the Community Relations Manager for the Lake Norman Economic Development and Corey DeMarco, the Market Director for Lake Norman uh, Little God. Uh, it is the Lake Norman for Little God. Lake Norman for Little God. Um, Jamie, I want to go back to you. We're not here to talk about the, the economic development, but uh, talk about what is the Lake Norman Economic Development. What's its role and what do you do there? So I'm the community relations specialist for or manager for Lake Norman Economics. And what we do is we try to bring in businesses to broaden our tax base and um, just keep the economy growing here. We also, um, part of my role is business retention and expansion. So I'm working with different developers to help bring in businesses and expand businesses as well. Corey, you, you might know that the Lake Norman Chamber of Commerce, it was about 2010, uh, we, we created the EDC. Uh, before then, the Charlotte Chamber of Commerce did all of the economic development for the North Mecklenburg. And, uh, you know, we, we were going to the Charlotte Chamber and going like, how come we don't get any of the big businesses or corporations up here in Cornelius, Davidson, or Huntersville? And they said, you, you don't have the product. Well, how do you get the product? Well, that's not up to us. And so we went to the three towns and uh, we, we created the Lake Norman Economic Development Corporation. And gosh, what an impact the EDC has had on Lake Norman and some of the wonderful businesses. Uh, share just uh, real quickly, what are some of the success stories just in the last five years? Well, I know one, as I'm recently new um, to uh, Lake Norman Economics, but one of the I guess big stories is seg systems. Um, that's one I would highlight. Uh, in our office, came together through an investor chat, um, the land and the financing and the developer, engineer, and seg systems. They were looking for property. We held the investor chat, and through that chat, they were actually all connected, and that project came out of it. And they will be moving into the building here soon. It's almost fully complete. So that's a big 
you know, project that we had here recently. MSC, Southwire, Rubbermaid. Again, there's a lot of success stories that we have here in the Mm -hmm. region, and a lot of them have to do with the EDC and the work that they've done, and the Charlotte Regional Business Alliance, because that's a great collaboration. But we're not really here to talk about the EDC. We're here to talk about a project or program that you created, which is Seasons of Giving Lake Norman. What is that? So Seasons of Giving, our mission is to provide care, comfort, and companionship to seniors living independently in need. And um, I created it out of COVID, out of the pandemic, because when um, everything shut down, including assisted living and, you know, hospitals and stuff to visitors, my grandparents had just passed away two years before. And we were watching the Grinch movie. And when the Grinch was over, it was announced that they were shut down. So as a family, we were like, well, what, the, what are these people doing? How are they seeing their relatives, which they weren't? So we just decided to raise some money, dress like Whoville characters, and we raised money to serve Longhorn Meals to seniors that were in, in need. of. And so your grandparents were certainly the inspiration behind this? Mm-hmm. Um, what are some of the most rewarding experiences that you've had? I think this has been going on for two years. We've been doing it since 2000. 17, really? Oh, really? I mean, yeah. Right. Okay. But, I mean, we just became a nonprofit last year. Okay, it's so been six, a year six, years, six years so, of building. Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, so we did, the first year we did it just in our neighborhood, and we raised enough to feed 75 seniors, um, Longhorn Meals, Nothing but Cakes, and the kids all made cards and delivered them. And out of that first um, that first year, the community we went to was White Hill in downtown Huntersville, which we still serve. Um and the reason people always like, why? How did you go there? Why'd you pick it? And my answer is because I was driving home one day and I saw that it was seniors and it kind of looked run down and that's why we went there. <laughs> I mean, there was no like connection. Now at the town board, you were also talking about an individual that really made a mark yes. on you. So her name's Patricia. She's still there. And um, so when the kids went over to deliver all the meals, we had masks on because it was during COVID. And we went to her door and knocked and she comes out and she's kind of looking around you know, because she hasn't had guests. And she was like, what do you guys want? And we're like, we have a Longhorn steak for you for Christmas. And she came outside and she said, oh, my gosh, I haven't seen anybody in six months. Nobody has come to my door in six months. And she goes, I don't care if you get if I get sick and die because it doesn't matter. Um, I'm going to give all of you a hug. <laughs> and she did. She came around and hugged us That's all great. and just bear hugged us. And um, she's been like our person ever since, you know, and We've aged with her. Um, some days she'll notice us. Some days she doesn't. You know, some days she's like, well, who are you? And I'm like, Jamie. Oh, gosh. Why, how did I forget your name? You know. Like, now, with, with any success stories, you also have challenges. What has been the biggest challenge for you with your season of giving? Um, getting people to help. Okay. Yeah. Um, you always have volunteers, and they always want to be involved, but and they always have a wonderful time and think so much about it and can see the impact right away. Um, but getting them to come back because most of the people are kids. Right. Lots of them are kids, so they need mom and dad to drive. They need you know they have to have accessible ways to get there, and you've got sports and you know just finding that timeline. Um, but we do have a, a great volunteer team. 
um, that does like every Wednesday meals for us. So we have teenagers that deliver all of our Wednesday meals. Uh-huh. I usually take my lunch break on Friday, and that's where I go to serve meals. From uh, we get meals at Angels and Sparrows. Now you two have something in common. You're uh, you're a graduate of Leadership Lake Norman, and you're going through Leadership Lake Norman yes. now. You just went through the history session. What was your perspective on oh, on I history? Loved it. I, I ne- never used to like history. <laughs> and now I'm like all over it. Um, just being really from this, a tra- transplant from Winston-Salem, but since here, I've been here since 83. Um, there's just stories that I didn't realize sure. were even here. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of cool to, I don't know, the graveyard stuff I love. <laughs> Corey, uh, she's got still a lot left in front of her in terms of Leadership Lake Norman. What was your favorite part of Leadership Lake Norman? Well, that was back in the day when I didn't have any gray hair, <laughs> and I think you might have had still a couple of dark hairs. Yeah, left. maybe. It was quite a while back. Um, but no, I mean, I'm, I'm kind of a, you know, history guy anyway, so it was really interesting to, uh, you know, get to see some of the historic spots and, and just some of the infrastructure that I guess you kind of know is there, but you don't really see on that level. Um, I mean, obviously, the, the night over uh, at, I forget the name of the place it was so Bethel Woods. We Bethel went to Woods. Bethel Woods. Yes. Yeah. It was certainly fun. Um, but I do, uh, I, I think the most memorable part, which is just funny, I think, is the uh, the water treatment plant. Uh-oh. Yep, yep. Always going to the wastewater and water yeah. treatment plant. Um, Corey, let me ask you a question straight, uh, straight up. Had you heard of Seasons of Giving before today? Not till we met when I came in here, no. Uh, my wife actually works in the hospice care industry, and she was mentioning... Um, person that they refer and, and helps them out quite a bit that's a co-worker my wife. So so really, it's all about marketing and promotion. And that's what you do. You, you're you all about marketing and promotion. Share with us, what, what do you do now? Yeah, so we're probably on the opposite end of the spectrum from the EDC um, in that, you know, we're working with small business owners that either have an idea or, you know, buy a local franchise or, you know, whatever it may be. And, and uh, you know, we help specifically now with uh, what I'm bringing to our area, the little guide of Lake Norman. Uh, we really help to share their story and promote them through that story and that personalization of who is the person that actually owns this local restaurant, who owns, um, you know, this landscape company, this insurance agency, uh, what have you. And so it's really about that relationship um, and I think, you know, we were talking earlier, it's, it's that personal connection that we've kind of lost as a society between all the social media and everything else. And, you know, when the rubber meets the road, it's really about those personal connections. Mm-hmm. And we help share that story throughout the community to both new movers that move into the area and people who uh, just, you know, gravitate to the product because it's red and it stands out. And then people say it's cute and they're just like, oh, what is this? And they flip there and they're like, oh, wow, this is great. And just really opens up their eyes of who a lot of the businesses are in the community that didn't know it was there and and uh, really is just an informative and, and interesting piece that that, uh, that we're bringing here. Now, uh, Little Guide is also in other communities. Can you share where else it's found? So the the, pers- uh, the founder of the company, Stuart, uh, started in, in Augusta, Georgia. So predominantly they're still in the Augusta markets, or not Augusta, but uh, some uh, the smaller markets in, in, uh, in the Georgia, so Macon. Uh, Amelia Island. Um, and we're also opening one in Savannah, one in California, and then we're bringing one here as well. Um, is there a section? Uh, do you often see nonprofits uh, in your little guide? Or are they involved? 
Um, I, you know, I, I'm still new to the company so that I, I, I can't say, um, if they've had nonprofits in the past, um, uh, but it's typically a lot of like, you know, you would, you would kind of expect from a, you know, guide if you're trying to figure out what's in the area, but more your restaurants, things to do, uh, places to go, um, places to eat, um, and different services and things like that. Um, but I'm sure I think there's, there's probably a way if we can find a way, um, to promote some different, uh, you know, nonprofits in our area. I mean, obviously, it'd be a great tool to to try to help some of those as well. Now, you've been in marketing for a while. What were some of the other things that you did in terms of marketing? So I used to run, I had upwards of seven magazines in our Lake Norman market at one point. So we used to partner with um, some of the bigger communities in the area, and we would actually do a, a magazine for their neighborhood, and we focused on story, you know, personal stories on the people that lived in the community. Um, and then we partnered with businesses uh, to support that financially so that the community would have the magazine and they could advertise their products and services through that. And uh, kind of what compelled me or my big draw that kind of connected me in outside of just it being brought to my attention through somebody I used to know from that company um, was just the personal story piece that uh, we used to offer as kind of a one-off thing we could do with our partners that they obviously really loved and enjoyed. Um, but it wasn't something that's just not how those business models work, whether it's other magazines we have in the area that you see, you know, around now or, or what I used to do. That just is kind of not how those business models work. Well, when we get back uh, from a break, I want to get more into a little guide. And I also want to talk about your past. This this guy over here has a NASCAR background. I don't know yes. how much you know mm-hmm. about Corey. And I uh, also want to talk to you about the seasons of giving and some of the things that you're doing in, in our community uh, uh, and, the, and the role that it, it plays. So those of you who are listening, uh, stay with us on Town Talk. We'll be back in just a few minutes. Uh, we're here with Corey DeMarco with a little guide. And uh, we're here with the EDC and then season of giving as well. So we're going to be talking to Jamie Lane. Come back with us on Town Talk. Welcome back to Town Talk. I'm your host, Bill Russell. I'm here with Jamie Lane. She's a community relations manager for Lake Norman Economic Development, but also has a uh, an organization, Seasons of Giving Lake Norman, and also Corey DeMarco, market director for Lake, uh, Lake Norman for Little Guide. And, and Corey, how many businesses are, or organizations are typically in your Little Guide? So when we launch this uh, first edition of it here in 2024, we'll have upwards of almost 60 businesses um, in there. Um, the max that we can end up having in any edition on a given calendar year is about 110 to 120 um, because the book just physically gets too big. Um, each business has two pages in it. So if you think 60, just starting at 60 um, times two pages, that already makes the book 120 pages. So um, they can get quite large. And, right. you know, there's a fine line between, you know, uh, what makes sense and is good and informative and has a good broad base, and then it's almost just too big, and physically it doesn't work from a printing standpoint, no less. There are a lot of marketing opportunities here in Lake Norman for our businesses and organizations. Why should they choose a little guide? Well, I think, you know, marketing is always an investment, albeit it always feels like a cost, and everybody wants to spend their dollars as wisely as they can. And I think the biggest thing with the experience that I have, having run the magazines in the past and seen, you know, just a lot of the challenges that obviously your your business owners face uh, as a small business owner, um, you know, 
what I love about the product is, is it really hones in on that personalization. Um, it's that piece that, as I was saying in the last segment, um, so many of my business partners loved when we could do a story on them, but that's not how that business model works. Um, and so, you know, they pay to get these things in a lot of different publications. And again, it's, it's great to get that out there one time, but we live in such a fast paced world that, there's not a way for them to continuously do that in a way where it's it's out there for people to continuously see. Um, and I love that this is totally focused around that. And it's around that personalization and them, um, which, you know, the personalization as a as a small business, whether it's your insurance agent, it's an attorney, um, it's who cuts your grass or cleans your house. You know, it's predominantly about them right. and, and their business. I don't go to Amazon because of customer service, for sure. I don't go to AT&T because of customer service. I don't go to, you know, Home Depot or these, you know, big business, big box cannot offer personal service in a way that small business can. And I think, you know, through Little Guide, we're trying to help them reinforce that and connect them out in the community um, and bring their story to life of, of what makes their business unique, um, which people connect with, and they're going to be more endeared to want to do business with them. So I love that it's just unique and it's not something that's offered in the marketplace. And a lot of the success of this product will be the relationships you've built in this this area over the course of the last two decades. Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, I've, I've had some conversations, obviously, and we've got some of our, you know, some of my past partners that I've worked with that, you know, not only want to support me, but they they like the concept as as well. And um, again, going back to relationship, Bill, I mean, you've you've been in this space for years. And and I mean, if there's one thing that I, I, I have learned, even though I'm a few years younger than you, Bill, and I wish I'd have learned them, wish I'd have learned this, you know, 10, 20 years earlier is just how paramount that, you know, the just relationships are in general. Sure. Um, absolutely. And, uh, you know, thankful for those that are, they're choosing to support this new venture. And how can people find information on Little Guide? Um, they can go to our website. It's mylittleguide.com. Um, and they can go on there. They can also, you know, reach out to, you know, me, obviously, and I'm sure you'll post our, our information on there. And, you know, I'm here in the local area in Cornelius, been here forever. So my little, my little guide.com. Um, switching back over, Jamie, how are you going to ensure that seasons of giving is sustainable in the long term? You know, it's been six years that you kicked this off. You've, uh, you've, um, not incorporated, but over the last year, you uh, we switched to a nonprofit. Switched to a nonprofit role. Mm-hmm. But how are you going to sustain that success uh, in the future? Sometimes I wonder how. I mean, but um, honestly, we've had great relationships built around this, and people supporting us. Um, we couldn't have done it with just you know on a volunteer basis, you know, to do what we want to do in the community. Um, I was able to build a lot of relationships last year before our big event that we formed um, to raise funds. And through that, we had no money. I mean, not a dime in the in the bank. And we planned an event. We became a nonprofit to plan an event to raise funds um, to carry out our mission. And through the relationship I already had, we had enough sponsors in four weeks to pull off an event that would, That's amazing. would have 300 people at it, sold out, and um, to make $10,000 off of that event with nothing in our, you know, and 
and to have everything go pretty much as perfectly as perfectly can go right. um, for an event thrown together. What is hubilation? Hubilation. So you, I mentioned the Grinch, that we watch the Grinch as a family, and that we raise money yeah. doing a parade. So the Grinch is like our theme. Um, so the Hubilation is in the movie where the whole community of Who's comes together oh. for the lighting of the Grand Christmas Tree. So this is a community event, and we want people of all ages. And it doesn't even matter if you have kids. You know, it's it's a community event um, that's kid-friendly mm-hmm. um, for th- I mean, for Christmas. So... Um, and this is at Northstone? This is at Northstone on December 20th. And we've already sold about 200 tickets as now, of date. where can people go for information on Hubilation? Um, www.seasonsofgivinglkn.com. And say that again. www.seasonsofgivinglkn.com. LKN.com. Um, how much money are you hoping to raise? Um, we're aiming for $25,000. we have already almost hit over half of that before the event. That's, that's great. And what kind of activities uh, are you planning for Hubilation? So the Hubilation will have um, breakfast for dinner because that's kind of the Grinch thing. Um, but in the bar, we'll have a la carte appetizers that adults can order separate but we have the Grinch and the Santa that we'll have a sleigh for them to sit on and entertain and we have live entertainment from local youth uh, orchestras and um, different things like that uh, three different schedules of, of entertainment we have crafts for the kids we have um, uh, we just ha- we have a lot we have an online and silent auction and raffles and then we actually have a whole di- main dining room for the big sponsors and adults mm-hmm. bar is for the adults in the adult auction. And in the ballroom, we'll actually have a kids auction, kids raffle on kid, more of the kid events. So um, that's why I'm saying you don't have to have kids or whatever to come. It's literally. You know, have you had this jubilation all six years of the event? No, but this okay. is only the second time. Oh, this is the second time. Okay. Last year was the first event. Okay. And we only rented out the ballroom. And this year we have the whole club. What what challenges do you face in putting something like this together? I don't really face any. Okay. <laughs> I mean, just, I don't. I mean, like, I think getting it's the sponsors. just come together. Yeah. I mean, honestly, you know, if you believe in yourself and you believe in what you're doing and you show that you can do it and that it is making a difference, I think it's pretty easy to make things happen like that. And we definitely proved, without even trying really, um, that we've made a difference last year from the event. We ended up feeding 736 seniors, rotisserie chickens, green beans, mashed potatoes, bread, nothing but cakes, and gifts um, door-to-door with children delivering them in the three towns. Now, did I see that we got support from the from the town of Huntersville to do this? Not for this project. Okay. That okay. was a different project. Okay. Are you getting any ta- any support from the towns on, on what you're doing? So, yes, I did get the town grant, um, and it's already been finished. It's completed within the first two months we got it. We built a, a basic needs pantry in the um, community or in the laundry room, and that pantry was able to make that room ADA compliant because it was not ADA compliant before there's six residents who were not able to use the laundry room because they were in wheelchairs and you couldn't do a 360 turn nor could you get through from the washing machine and the tables that were in sure. there um, so we've done that and then we actually partnered with Metrolina greenhouses and and built a common area paver patio oh they're amazing last month. they're amazing to work with and yeah. so now they have a place to come outside and socialize and they're out there all the time do you feel like the community is supporting you in this yes yeah Mm-hmm. I think everybody's kind of taking a little piece and trying to see where they fit in and what they can do to um, help. And these people are 
amazing. I mean, like their their stories are just will blow you away. One one is a resident of Reed's. I mean, is a um, descendant of Reed's Goldmine. Okay. okay. And the, you know, like there's there's just so much history there. That's why I'm getting into history now. <laughs> Jamie, how can people support this after seasons of giving after after the Christmas season? So like. Um, I'm actually working with Parks and Recs right now to bring over some crafts because most of them can't drive. Most of them can't drive. Most of them don't need to drive if they can. And, you know, to get there's no bus access unless they can get to Town Hall, um, which is crossing railroad tracks and everything else. So things need to be brought into them because transportation is a huge issue right now. Uh Um, So we're actually working with... um, Parks and Rec to bring in uh, activities and crafts, and we're working with um, the library um, to bring in a book book van to do the library. And we do we host all their crafts. They've never had crafts and activities before. We have volunteers that host all that weekly. Um, so we do that. We do the two meals a week. We bring in uh, like Charlotte Senior Advocacy Center. We brought them in to do healthcare derivatives. We just we work with anything in the community that's willing to help. That's wonderful. Us. So. Corey, I can't let you go without talking about your NASCAR background because, again, that I think that's just fascinating. We're NASCAR country. Share, share a little bit about what you did uh, when you worked in NASCAR. So I, that's NASCAR is what brought me here. So I'm originally born and raised in St. Louis, Mizzou grad, as you obviously know. We have our many conversations about football. Um, and uh, But, yeah, I worked in the sport for going on 23 years now. Um, originally started out as a tire specialist and mechanic and eventually just a – uh, over-the-wall tire changer, so I worked on different pit crews over the years from uh, Jamie McMurray. We had a really one really good uh, particular season in 2010 where we won the Daytona 500 and the Brickyard 400. And, oh, that's great. Um, worked with Jeff Gordon at uh, Stint of Time and some other drivers, and then uh, I currently still do a little bit of tire changing with uh, Matt Crafton in the Truck Series, and I also manage the pit crews for uh, a couple of the Truck Series teams as well. Well, Corey, it's, it's great having you involved in the Chamber. You've been a long-time ambassador of the Chamber of Commerce. Jamie, we really appreciate what you're doing with Seasons of Giving. For those of you out there, if it's Wednesday afternoon, we're talking about our towns on Town Talk WSIC, and we'll see you next week. Thank you. Thank <laughs> you.